0: Welcome to the Mac PFD Spark Podcast. This podcast is meant to inspire you to take the next step in your development journey as a faculty member. We're really excited to bring you all sorts of content, from inspiring you to teach or supervise differently, to leading and managing your team, to thinking about new creative ways or humanistic ways to actually do your work, and finally, to up your game in your scholarly practice. Are you excited yet? I certainly am. So sit back, listen, and enjoy this latest episode of the MacPFD Spark podcast.
1: In this episode, we hear from Dr. Mino Mitri and Dr. Alana Beyer talk about the Rock the Podium program. They'll discuss topics such as why they got involved, how to make your presentation stand out, and the different levels that Rock the Podium <laughs> offers. We hope you enjoy.
2: Hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast episode. So I'm here with Mino and Alana, and I'll let both of you introduce yourselves.
1: Yes. Hi, I'm Mino Mitri. I'm a physician working uh, with uh, McMaster University at St. Joseph Healthcare Hamilton.
0: And I'm Alana Baer. I'm an assistant professor in pathology and molecular medicine and the director of the Learning Technologies Lab in the CPD office.
2: Welcome. Well, thank you both for being here with us. And we're focusing our episode on a program that the Program for Faculty Development delivers called Rock the Podium. So tell tell us a little bit about what Rock the
0: Podium is and what this program entails. So Rock the Podium really started from the idea of giving our faculty the opportunity to work on their communication skills in a presentation format. And really starting to look at how we can develop our faculty, not just to how they convey their message through the visual medium, through slides, but how they tell the story behind what they're trying to convey. And really helping them to focus in on what is their message, how does it land with their target audience, and how can we develop help them develop those skills to be able to present in a way that they can communicate effectively, um, efficiently, but also to really engage their audience with what their message is. That's great. And for listeners of the
2: Spark podcast, you'll note that I did an interview with a participant of our first iteration of Rock the Podium back in fall of 2020, and I interviewed her in the fall of 2021. So I, we had a chance to hear a bit about the participants' perspective and what prompted them to join this Rock the Podium program. So I'd like to turn that back on to you both as the facilitators. What prompted your interest in being a part of this program or about speaker development in general?
0: I think some of my first interest in the development of Rock the Podium really came from my working with faculty and the own work that I did for myself around slide design and really looking at how we visually communicate our messages whether we're in a lecture setting uh, with our students whether we're presenting at a conference or perhaps doing a thesis defense lots of different settings we're using visual images as part of our presentation And I know through my own work of looking at how do I visually present what it is I want to say, it's made me think about all the different aspects of presenting. And I know for myself over the years, I've started to shift how I think about presentations from really that, you know, push out of a message to more about trying to have a conversation with my audience. And really looking at, you know, what are some ways in which we can help each other? I find I've learned as much from participants as I think they're learning from us in the process. And so it's a bit of a two-way street when we're working together through Rock the Podium.
1: I I guess my story, maybe I can uh, expand a bit to answer that question that you asked me first, Ruth, about how did I get into into all this from the get-go? So many, many, many years ago, I don't know, about 17, <laughs> 20 years ago. No, probably, oh, yeah. Oh, gotta have to like start calculating. <laughs> about 17 years ago, let's say, uh, I took a up course about uh, public speaking um, and I just found it neat and interesting. I'm like, hey, uh, why not? Let's do that. Over a whole semester, uh, found it really interesting. It really was that first spark, <laughs> mm. and just grabbed me. And it was just a nice way of learning how to convey information in a public speaking forum, which uh, you know is, is much of how we normally have conversations. But there is a bit of a structure to it, and there has there's intentionality behind it. And I really liked the the that aspect. And so then moving on to university, you know, went through med school, was sat through several boring lectures, you know, years and years of, of schooling. And I was just so unsatisfied with how presentations were being done. And I'm like, and I was, I guess I was motivated by this could be better. And sought out opportunities to improve on presentation skills, just doing my own homework, trying different things on my own, but also anytime there was an, a, a little workshop here and there about, you know, how to improve your presentation skills, I would seek those out because there really wasn't any sort of formal courses in, in the university setting, place where I was. Uh, training. And I just really got into it um, and just really developed it. You know, I'm um I'm a palliative care physician and an academic physician. I did a master's of education as well. And I find that the world of palliative care and education fit really well in presentation skills. And that continues to fuel my interest because I find in presentation, you're really thinking about your audience, what matters to them, which is kind of the principles that we adopt in palliative care. Mm -hmm. When we think about the patient, it's about them, right? And education is you you kind of deconstruct how do people learn? How do people assimilate information? Um, So bringing that together uh, with the creative aspects of presentation, I was like, "This this is great. So when I moved to... Uh, McMaster and uh, getting a job at McMaster University I wanted to continue to find an outlet where I can nurture my interest in presentation skills uh, or, or or coaching and whatnot and so that's when I you know I got in touch with eventually with Dr. Teresa Chan and she's like hey there's a rock the podium course do you want to like co-lead <laughs> this I'm like sure <laughs> why not and, and so that's how uh, I came about and met Lana and met the whole team and I've been through an iteration and I absolutely love it. Yeah.
0: And I think just building on what Mina was saying, you know, we're not, we find ourselves in these rules where we're asked to present, you know, for myself going through graduate school, it's an expectation, but we're never really taught how to present. And so we often just follow whoever has presented before us and whether it's been a good presentation or a bad presentation were following and role modeling those before us without necessarily being trained in how to present. And so similar to Mino, I was often seeking out opportunities of how could I do this better or do in a way that felt like it was a natural fit for myself and not just role modeling someone else's personality in a presentation, which wasn't authentic to me. Mm-hmm. And so I find one of the things that interests me about you know slide design and communication is that it's not just about creating a pretty slide. I mean, in many cases, I am in a situation where I'm using slides with learners in a lecture setting. And it's really about looking at how can I have this visual display of information that is going to resonate with the learner and actually help them learn the information, learn what the messages are that I'm sharing with them and visually how that's represented. And so there's a lot of theory. Theory that actually Mm. goes behind slide design with, you know, multimedia learning principles, cognitive load theory. And so it's very intentional how we actually build our slides in order to communicate that message. And that's part of what we do in Rock the Podium is really work through those processes and apply the theory to practice. That's great. And I will ask you both
2: a few more questions about what a participant might experience in Rock the Podium. However, before I ask those questions, I want to get your perspective on something that I have encountered myself. And that is that I was involved with the first delivery of Rock the Podium. I participated in the sessions. I took away the ideas and theories that we covered in each of the sessions. And then I had a talk to give just a few months ago. So I had those ideas and principles in mind and I knew what would go or what components would go into an effective presentation. And yet I got up to the podium and I didn't rock the podium. I just basically reverted back to the normal, traditional and admittedly boring approach to giving a presentation. So do you have any personal examples of how you've been able to take the principles that you have picked up, the, uh, the techniques or the skills that you have even uh, practiced, and how, how have those principles shaped your own presentation delivery?
1: That's a great question. Um... <laughs> I
2: Because it's like, you know, for me, I just reverted back to the norm. And it was just, you know, because it was easy. and in a pressure situation you just go and do what you've always done.
1: Yeah. Yeah, um I have sort of two points to to share with in that regard. And one is you know the first thing that comes to my mind is Brené Brown. I don't know if you know Brené Brown. Yes. And the, well, her latest book of Dare Greatly. And, chal- and it's the it's we're we're being vulnerable to be different and it's daring to be different. It's hard to do that. It really is hard because you are breaking a trend, not only with yourself, but also within the culture of our academic community, right, Uh, that we still revert to those typical ways of doing presentations because that's all we know and and we don't know necessarily any better. Or sometimes we do know better, but we don't want to go there. We're afraid to go there because we'll be different. Will we yes. be judged differently? Right? We know the presentation is boring, but it's the norm. It's normal. It's fine. But if we do something different, will it land well? Will we be judged in a negative way? Um, and for me, what's helped me from that perspective is just you know what I the I believe in it so much. I believe that presentations can be so much better. I need to start emulating that. So if I believe in it, I have to do it as well. So I sign up to it. So, it, you know, I'm actually giving a presentation tomorrow morning and I have been preparing for it uh, for a little while. And It's actually a journal club. And then I've attended those journal clubs multiple, multiple times. And my goodness, they're the typical, typical boring presentation. This is the first time I'm going to come and present uh, at this journal club. They've never, I've never presented them with that group. They don't know me super well. And I'm like, you know what? dare to be different. I'm just going to do it and then and see what happens. And I think what's surprising is that every time I have dared to be different in my entire presentation, not even throw in that one slide of like, oh, I'll just go do a couple of like the usual boring slides. No, no, no. Every single thing was completely different. There was a storyline. I stuck to the structure and the outcomes have been Remarkable and outstanding. Like people then gravitate to that. People ask, like Oh my God, what was your presentation? I was drawn the whole time. They ask questions and they're, I'm getting emails. I'm getting emails about, Hey, you want to get involved in a new project? No, I'm busy. <laughs> I don't want to do more projects, but yeah. I'm glad you're inspired. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we can be surprised with how people will respond to it. Um, and I think at the end, the second point is if your idea and what you have as a message really matters. Then, owe it to yourself to give it the the platform to value it, and remember that you are taking one of the most precious currencies that anybody can give, which is their time. So use that time wisely to to transmit that idea to them.
0: And I think you know, just adding to it, Ruth. I, you know, I think you're not alone. I think many of us are creatures of habit, right? We we stay sometimes in our comfort zone. And I will say, and it's come up in the Rock the Podium this before, people are presenting in different contexts. And sometimes it is easy and natural to be able to make these uh, beautiful, brilliant slides with images that, you know, have one tagline with it because you're telling a story. But then you might be in a teaching setting, as I find myself sometimes, where I'm having to share the details of what the heart looks like. And it's not as easy to have you know, an image about a story because I actually really need to show the image of the heart with the labeling and show the path of blood flow. And so I think it's really understanding what is the content that you're delivering and how can you best deliver it. And so each presentation may not look the same and it may have a different feel depending on who your audience is and what that need is that you're trying to meet for them. Great. So, um,
2: we are currently recording this episode in the fall of 2022 and our next anticipated rollout of rock the podium will be in winter so we're going to start the advertising and promotion likely in november to uh, have registration open for participants so for those that are listening to this episode which will likely come out at the beginning of november what can participants expect to encounter in Rock the Podium?
1: Uh, and I could probably add that uh, we've actually uh, are trying a new uh, iteration. And now we're doing a Rock the Podium Foundations with hopefully having a, a subsequent course called Rock the Podium Advanced. Because there's been a lot of people who have requested to... Um, further push their presentation skills and not all could be condensed into one session. So for rock the podium foundations, I think people can expect um, to learn through a series of workshops, um, five workshops to be specific, um, how to deliver different aspects of a presentation, starting with the audience, how to build your storyline, how to, um, uh, how to act, stand in front of a, an audience and and have a stage presence, how to design slides and how to practice rehearse and you know, critique your own presentations as well. And the final session is not so much of a workshop as it's more of a showcase for people to actually have an opportunity to showcase their own presentation and receive feedback and receive a lot of feedback throughout. Uh, maybe you want to touch a line about the coaching as well.
0: Sure. I, and I'd also add, I think one of the things that perhaps makes Rock the Podium maybe unique from other programs that are out there is that there is a lot of peer feedback as well as sort of instructor facilitator feedback in there. Even though we may take on a larger cohort for registration, we do break into smaller groups and breakout rooms. So most of our program is delivered at this time virtually with the showcase being delivered in a hybrid format where if you can make it in person, We'll be doing an in-person presentations, but we'll also have the opportunity for those to present virtually for the showcase. And so we really try to keep that small group feel where you're really having that opportunity for that feedback, that interaction. We take time to dissect what is your message? What's your storyline? How can we redesign a particular slide to better communicate what you're trying to say? And so we get a lot of hands-on during the sessions but what participants I think uh, really look forward to and probably find maybe most valuable is that we do one-on-one coaching with our participants and so participants will have around two to three coaching sessions where they'll be able to work individually with a coach and we have a number of different coaches who work with us and during that time the coach and the participant will decide what they want to focus on whether it's the whole presentation or an aspect that they're struggling with And then they'll meet um, periodically throughout the course that runs over, I think it's about an eight or nine week period. Yeah, I think that that coaching aspect
2: of Rock the Podium was really transformative for the individuals that I, I had the opportunity to coach. And it was a great opportunity not only to talk about speaker development or presentation development, but also more broadly speaking, per, their own professional development and how that particular speak, uh, particular presentation or that particular talk that they were planning to give fit into their broader professional goals. So I found that to be very rewarding as well, that one-on-one coaching aspect. Mino, you, know, you mentioned that there's also in development Rock the Podium Advanced. And so perhaps if uh, someone is listening to this uh, podcast episode after the fall of 2022 and is looking at our faculty development offerings in the future, give us an idea of what Rock the Podium Advanced might look like, even if you are all both still in the in development stage right now. What are you all thinking?
1: hmm Uh, so much of the, the foundational structure will be the same. So workshops, coaching one-on-one, uh, I think will be part of the advanced uh, iteration, but now we're taking it a step further. So, uh, going into a bit more details of, Constructing your storyline, um, maybe, maybe taking a bit more emphasis on that uh, grabber. Like, how do you really introduce your presentation? How do you conclude to have make sure that it's a, a powerful ending to your presentation? Other things that we'll talk about is slide design. You know, we we talk about the theoretical aspects of slide design and RTP foundations, but having more time to actually know how do you actually edit certain parts of a slide and make that picture fit properly and doesn't look so weird on the slide. And, you know, those other skills um, to help with the uh, slide construction. Troubleshooting uh, as well with things don't go as planned on the presentation, how to answer audience questions. Those are some of the things that are topics that we're thinking about off the top of my head.
0: And I think I would just add to that. One of the areas that really stood out for our participants that they wanted some more of that we only touch on to an extent in foundations is the area about body movement. How do you move and physically present yourself when you're giving a presentation? And so one of our speakers talks about being Beyonce, and that has stuck with me in my head since our first iteration. Mm -hmm. And the idea of, you know, in a sense, you performing when you walk onto that stage or are on that you know, at that podium. And it's hard for some of us who may be quieter to really sort of take on that persona. And so I think for some of our participants, they want to have that opportunity to work on developing that skill and that confidence of taking on that persona in that setting. That's great. I really
2: appreciate this chance to talk with you both, Mino and Alana. And I I wonder if either of you or both of you have any stories to share as we wrap up our time, any stories of individuals that you have maybe worked with in the past on any aspect, and, and it doesn't have to be in a formal context, but working on or providing feedback around their own presentation skills and how you've seen that feedback then transform the way that they've approached their
0: own presentations well, there's one that comes to mind, but I know that Mino was coaching them. And oh, so the I think doctor. he'd be great to uh, share that story. But I know for some of the participants that I've worked with, see, for me, it's exciting when I see the evolution of their slide presentations and how it evolves over time. And even from, you know, uh, one participant in particular, their first version of their presentation had a very different message than their final version. And they realized throughout the development that what they were saying in the first one wasn't really what they wanted to say. But when they started pulling it together and revising it and really thinking about what was the story, what are the key messages, it really changed the whole nature and feel of the presentation. And another participant was preparing to give a talk. I think it was for Grand Rounds. And so it was going to be a first time in that setting. And they were really taking the opportunity at Grand Rounds to share something that they were doing with their residents and the outcome from that presentation was that they had other residency programs interested in participating or doing a similar program to them. So we've seen actual outcomes for some of these participants as a result of having gone through the program and then developing the confidence to present in a way that was very attention grabbing and with their main messages, really getting across and hitting home. And I think Mino has one great example I know to share of someone that he worked with.
1: One of the participants um, that I coached at the last iteration of uh, Rock the Podium, I was incredible to see his development and evolution of his own presentation. I remember our first session, he was showing me his presentation. I'm like, okay, just walk me through, what are you thinking and show me your slides and, and like walk me through the whole step. And I remember at the end when he was done, I'm like, okay, I like your first slide, I don't like anything else that came after that. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, let's talk about it. And he remembers that so vividly. But you know, anyway, it sounds sounds so harsh. Um, uh, I was nice. I was nice. I have yes. to say. Yes. Um, But it, it, but the evolution that came after that, like his presentation, just completely transformed. It was so wonderful to see. And then he and he was trying to to talk about some program that he was developing and he actually gave the presentation and and public forums and, and also in um i think there were, uh, there was some sort of competition as well he actually won the award for best presentation and he was so happy about it he wrote to us uh, an email telling us about that and it was just so proud to see like oh wow your presentation got so much better you know and it, and it's you know I, I've coached also many resident doctors and students about their presentations. And I've, you know, same as daring to give a good presentation, I have to dare to tell the feedback of, this is not good. You know, <laughs> okay. it's hard to give the tough, like, uh, feedback, constructive feedback sometimes, but even as going as, you know, your message could be better and this is how it mm-hmm. could be better. But watching them just take that feedback and fly with it uh, and seeing those outcomes, as Lana uh, mentioned, oh, it's so wonderful to watch uh and watch them boom with their presentation so uh very proud moments yeah
0: and I would add to that you know kind of speaking to what Mina was talking about you know difficulties sometimes for us to give that constructive feedback we often find ourselves and I've had to do it many times over the years and I think what participants can expect coming in is be prepared to be a little bit vulnerable and, you know, you are putting your work out there for others to take a look at and to comment on. And yet that vulnerability can lead to such great strides in what you're trying to do. And it really has been just such a supportive environment and that everybody's in it together. And it just, I mean, I think it's pride. Like, I just feel so proud of the participants, whether it's one slide they redesigned or they came up with a new message or they just changed their tone in the way they were talking, whatever it was that they were working on, there's just pride, you know, that we have, um, yeah. which is I think what keeps me coming back to wanting to do this and to work with our faculty, you know, as they progress with this. And I, another thing that comes to mind, and so I'm not speaking in any particular order, just lots of thoughts around That's rock okay. the podium, is that I've been to many presentations and I've done it myself too, where you open up your blank presentation and think, what am I gonna put on here? And especially if you're talking about an article, you know, was mentioning about a journal club, I think at some point, and I see many presentations. The first slide is introduction. Then we've got the methods, the results, and the discussion. And it really tells you nothing about what the presentation's about by looking at those headlines. But what Rock the Podium is gonna help you do is really to envision what your story is and those messages. And I find the process that we, help our participants go through, you have such intentionality about what you're doing with every single slide, with every message that goes through, that you're. I find that you're even more prepared for that presentation than if you had taken the approach of taking a blank slide and putting bullet points on as if they were your speaking points. Mm-hmm. And so there's a level of preparation that goes in. It's time consuming, but it is well worth the effort um, in the process.
2: That's really inspirational. And thank you so much, Mino and Alana, for sharing your stories. What I find so striking is that you've inspired me, and I hope that you've inspired other listeners as well, to see how speaker development and presentation development all fits in with the broader goal and broader narrative of our own professional development. And I really heard that message loud and clear today and that as we develop in our presentation skills and our ability to communicate and convey our messages to an audience, that that is also contributing to our professional development as a whole. So thank you for sharing your inspiring words and thank you for being here today.
1: Thank you for having us.
2: Thank you very much Ruth. Thank you for tuning in to the Mac PFD Spark Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the Office for Continuing Professional Development and the Program for Faculty Development at McMaster University's Faculty of Health Sciences. For more information on faculty development, be sure to check out our website at macpfd.ca. That's macpfd.ca. Here you can find other episodes as well as resources for your personal and professional development. A quick shout out to our sound engineer, Ishan Mania Panda, who has been an amazing asset to our team. Another shout out to Scott Holmes, who composed and supplied us with the music you've been listening to. That brings us to the end of this episode. We hope you've enjoyed it,
0: and be sure to tune in for our future episodes.